Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, hidden somewhere within the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Tuesday, November the 7th, 2023, and so excited to have Tom Hughes back on the program, a man who needs no introduction, uh, hope for our times, uh, just a great man of God, great pastor, great Bible expositor, great prophecy expert. And we're going to be talking about uh, The Mark of the Beast, Revelation 13, where things are heading, uh, his new book, Marking the Masses. Uh, If you haven't gotten it, you need to get it. It is uh, just a a fascinating book. I'll highlight a couple of things here in a moment when I bring Tom on. But uh, before I bring him on, just a couple of quick announcements. If you haven't watched uh, or listened to yesterday's program, we had uh, Shane back on, our technology expert, to talk about technological tools of tyranny you have not heard about. And man, it was a powerful show to kick off the week. And then, as I mentioned, we got Tom today. Tomorrow, Wednesday, is our normal world events update with Randy. Thursday, I got Nathan Jones back on for part one of a two-part series on the minor prophets, and it is fascinating how much uh, relevance, of course, all of Scripture is profitable, all Scripture is useful for us today, but boy, you read the minor prophets, and it it almost sounds like you're reading from the headlines today as we see a lot of those uh, end times prophecies kind of uh, falling into place. Uh, And then on Friday, we will uh, post our Worldview Matters uh, interview with David Fiorazzo. So great week ahead. Before I uh, bring Tom on, uh, just a reminder, if you've not yet watched uh, Sunday's message from Plum Creek Chapel in the Denver area, uh, you need to watch that video, Israel in God's Plan of the Ages. I'm going to be focusing on Israel from now to the end of the year. We won't start our next uh, book series until after January. We just finished Nehemiah, and I decided rather than start one, the next book right now with some of my travel schedule between now and Christmas, uh, that we would just take each Sunday that I'm here and talk about Israel from a biblical perspective. Um, and uh, so we talked about Israel and God's plan of the ages. Uh, I hope you'll take the time to watch that. This coming Sunday at Plum Creek, I'm going to talk about uh, why everyone's a dispensationalist, whether they know it or not. And uh, and then we've got some other topics uh, coming down the pike. But to set the stage for uh, Tom, let's uh, take a look at a quick passage of Scripture. Psalm 46. This is... Uh, probably in almost every believer's uh, top 10 list of favorite psalms, if you are uh, reading the Word like you should be anyway, you're certainly going to be familiar with this uh, passage. It's a comforting psalm written by the sons of Korah. It's one of those that you need to read uh, whenever you you feel like your world is falling apart, and certainly that seems to be the case more and more these days with all of Bible prophecy falling into place. But It begins, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, even though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Uh, Just as Zion, Jerusalem, uh, was uh, secure because God dwelt there, his people can also be safe and know that God resides among us. Of course, in the context, he's talking about Israel, but by extension, it just shows God's faithfulness to all of his people and his promise to bring Israel back into their land someday and find ultimate fulfillment when God will conquer all the nations that come against God. Verse 6, as the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. I love that. You know, as we see all these 
enemies and nations and uh, terrorist groups uh, aligning themselves and all these ships moving into the Mediterranean. And it's just like all eyes are on the Middle East right now. We need to remember that as much as the nations rage, God, all he has to do with a word, he can bring it to an end. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He goes on to say in verse 9, uh, he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Wow, praise God for that. And that that will find its ultimate fulfillment in the millennium when Christ, the King of Kings, and the Prince of Peace comes back, takes the throne, and ushers in an era of unprecedented peace and righteousness and justice. But verse 10 is the verse that most people know, Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that phrase, be still, in Hebrew, is literally cease striving. Put down your weapons. Stop fighting. Uh, God is God, and he ultimately will be exalted among the nations. So I hope that encourages you today. It encouraged me as I was thinking about our program today. Well, Tom, thanks so much. I know you're probably one of the busiest guys on the planet. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, it's great being here, JB, and uh, always a pleasure. So we want to talk about uh, your new book and mainly the topic that you so uh, beautifully uh, addressed in the book, and that is marking the masses, uh, the technology, the mark of the beast, all the things that Satan uh, is kind of putting into place so that the, his uh, henchmen, the false prophet and the Antichrist, will be able to use to usher in that full-spectrum planetary control. But before we get to that, uh, you are really one of the uh, foremost experts, and I, I mean that uh, in terms of the prophecy world, in really understanding, knowing, reporting on, teaching about Israel. So as we see this war raging on, I just wanted to give you the chance to kind of give us some of your latest thoughts on what all is going on over there. Yeah. Well, day to day, we hear different things, right? So it's hard. I'm not a blow by blow person. I think I used to be. And then I realized you give this one and there's another one. It's less constant. And um, I tend to step back and look at the bigger picture of what's really going on. So uh, as we see, and Israel's surrounded by its enemies. No, no doubt about it. Uh, Bill Salas has his work on Psalm 83, Isaiah chapter 17 with the destruction of Damascus, Jeremiah 49. Others say that's not really going to happen. However, when you look at the people groups that are constantly coming against Israel right now, the inner circle, looks like Bill might be right. Maybe Bill's right. Maybe Bill's not right. However, I do know this, that Israel is going to get through this. They have to get through it because God has a, a purpose. Uh, he has determined, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, what am I thinking? Uh, Daniel chapter 9. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 70 weeks are determined uh, for your people and for your holy city. Uh, God has already set it in place. It, it's already decreed, is what it literally means, to take place. Seventy weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city, bring an end of sin, uh, end all transgression, bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up vision and prophecy, and anoint the most holy. In other words, Jesus is going to come back. But all of these things are decreed. That's a particular time that is going to take place. It's known as the 70th week of Daniel. And JB, what I believe is happening right now is it's the setup for what's coming. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things going on. We'll get behind the scenes here in just a minute, which I think we need to, we need to take a look at what nobody else is really paying attention to. 
but because uh, the world's distracted by Israel right now, including in the prophecy circles. But God is God is moving Israel forward because He's decreed it's going to happen. The whole world is caught up against it. We know Zechariah 12 will be fulfilled soon enough where all the world turns against Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be a stumbling stone, which if you if people can't see that developing right now, then they've got to be totally blinded. I mean, you don't have to be very smart to be able to figure out that that is coming about. Um, yeah, so no we, question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned because we we love Bill Salas. He's become a good friend, and we've had him on the show a lot. And I, I, you know, it's hard to argue against his biblical connecting of the dots. It's pretty pretty amazing. But you know, it occurs to me that you know these types of things could happen. They don't have to be a prophecy to happen, right? I mean, things happen all the time that aren't specifically and explicitly right. spelled out in Scripture. So you know, Damascus could fall. Other nations could fall. We could see America drawn into this uh, global battle. Uh, you know, it certainly seems that's like that's the way it's heading. But you're right. It it is all falling into place, as Jan Markell uh, has, loves to say. And, uh, you know, we need to keep the big picture in mind, don't we? We do. And ultimately, Israel will get through this. We know they will. They're never going to be uprooted again. Amos tells us that. Uh, Isaiah lets us know they're going to be gathered back a second time. So we're living during that time right now where the threat of Israel being uprooted, we hear it from all kinds of people out there that are saying that the end to the Jews, the end to Israel, and so forth. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Israel will get through it. Death, carnage, yes. Absolutely horrific things are going on. No doubt about it. And, and we can see it. We don't like it. But Israel will get through it. And they're going to be, JB, I believe a talking point is going to come out of this war. It will be used by the globalists to say never again. Uh, the Jews, you guys say never again with the Holocaust. Guess what? The world leaders are already saying it. We are not, we cannot allow this to happen. It's getting too big. Even if, listen, even if the United States is manipulating things behind the scenes to make a bigger war, it's still being used for a purpose. Rahm Emanuel said, don't let a crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. So this, I guarantee, is going to be used to eventually, maybe next week, maybe next year, maybe two years down the road. But a major talking point, one of the biggest talking points regarding the nation of Israel and their future is going to come out of this current war that's going to say you have to enter into a uh, an agreement of peace and security. We've got to do it. And you know what? Israel's going to go there. Their leaders, yeah. we know from Isaiah chapter 28, are led by scornful men. And, you know, people they're, you know, on, on my side of the aisle, you know, I, I talk about Israel all the time. I'm known as a Christian Zionist, but I, I'm I'm not blind at the same time. Uh, Israel isn't led by by wonderful, necessarily wonderful men who love the Lord. Although the thought I think from the Christian community that supports Israel is that's how all the leaders think, but that's not what Isaiah 28 teaches. And how is it that Israel enters into a covenant with the Antichrist in the future? Listen, there it's. Uh, and they're going to be forced into it, but they'll agree to it, too. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, you know, you have this sense that the people that you love are all perfect. And we know that God loves Israel. We love Israel. We support Israel. Genesis 12, 3. We get all that. 
but uh, sometimes we forget that they're there in unbelief and and they're not always making wise choices. But you're absolutely right about never again. I, I showed a graphic uh, Sunday to my folks at Plum Creek in both services that reminded people what it's really about, you know, and, and I got this from uh, Andy Woods, who I know, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, but it's a it's a graphic that shows all the Muslim nations surrounding Israel. And, and there's this tiny little red sliver amidst a sea of green. The green represents Islam, and this red is Israel. And you can barely even see it. And I go, when will people realize it's not about a piece of real estate? They don't need another tiny little piece of real estate. They've got the whole region. It's not about that. It's about the holy land. It's a spiritual battle. And these enemies want that piece of land. But you're right. It will never happen. God has promised that it is his land. It's my land, my land, my land. He says that again and again throughout the prophets of the Old Testament. And uh, we are entering a phase in God's plan of the ages where Israel has returned, albeit in unbelief, but they're there. They have a homeland. And someday they will, as a nation, return to the Lord, precisely as the Bible says they will. They will embrace their Messiah Instead of crying out, crucify him, crucify him, like the leaders did in the first century, they will cry, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the Christ will come back and supernaturally regather the rest of the believing remnant in Israel back into the land, as he says in Matthew 24, and uh, and the kingdom will be ushered in. So uh, there's a bigger battle uh, taking place. And, uh, and, you know, in your, if we can shift now into your book and into that big picture that you talked about, um, one of one of the chapters. It's just it's so good. It's called "Marking the Masses." Uh, you can see it there on uh, Tom's desk, and and we've got it right here. Uh, I love the cover, by the way. Um, but one of the chapters that immediately caught my mind is the one on the open conspiracy, chapter twelve. Now, most people who followed my ministry for thirty years, they know I am a conspiracy theorist. And but the thing is, I always like to remind people, I only believe in the conspiracy theories that are true. So let's let's make sure we understand that. There are a lot of false conspiracy theories out there, but there are a lot of true ones, as you talk about in the opening pages of that chapter. Uh, you know, a conspiracy is just two or more people working together in secret to do something illegal or evil or bad. And the greatest conspiracy of all is Satan conspiring with demons and evil spirits as well as human co-conspirators and accomplices, the three groups together, Satan, evil spirits, and human beings working together to try to overthrow God and, and usher in a one-world system. Um, is this, uh, you know, battle over in Israel uh, that has emerged, uh, biggest battle since Israel became a nation again in 1948, is it a part of the the big picture? Sure seems like it, but, but time will tell. What are your thoughts? Well, it it is a part of the big picture, but I mean, you can say, in, in a sense, almost everything we've witnessed is a part of the big picture. I, I have no doubt COVID was, mm -hmm. the vaccine was, you know, I get into those things in the book also, because they're all leading somewhere. But we know, biblically, we can place Israel in, in there, and we can see it, and we know they're surrounded by enemies, so we know the dynamics, we know these things have to happen, and something has to happen to get Israel to the table to agree to a peace, uh, a peace and security deal. So, yes, but when I look at what's going on with Israel, by the way, I want to comment on the, the graphic you had with yeah. all the Muslim nations in green, a little tiny red. I have the same one. Yeah. And it's so it's so true. It's not about the real estate. Um, we, we were in Israel, I think it was 2016, 2017, something like that. And a group of us are walking by the Temple Mount 
or down near the city of David. So you're looking up at it, and somebody commented about the Temple Mount, and I said, uh, and one of them was a realtor, and I said, hey, if you can make a deal to, to sell that property, you'd be antichrist. You'd be the most important person in the world at the time. And I said, <laughs> but it's a spiritual dynamic is what it is. In fact, in Psalm 122, verse 6, we read, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, meaning hey, it's not going to have peace till the Messiah comes, uh, which is when Israel, as you commented, cries out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But the verse before that, Psalm 122, verse 5, says the thrones of judgment are set there, mm. uh, the house of David. The throne of judgment, Satan knows that. His problem is that piece of real estate not the physical land. Listen, anybody who's been to Jerusalem can't honestly say that it's the prettiest place by man's standards. Mm -mm. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of absolutely beautiful beaches and beautiful cities and all kinds of, when you go to Jerusalem by man's standards though, so that's not what it's about. It is about the throne of judgment is set there, God's throne. And the reason why this is going on it's because Satan, through Antichrist, yes, it's been going on since the beginning. Yes, there really is a conspiracy. It's a spiritual one. And the word conspiracy simply means to conspire. Yes, of course, Satan has been conspiring against God. A Psalm yeah, no 2. Doubt. Yes, Psalm yeah. 2 is about that conspiracy against the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah, he, and, and, he's working with the rulers and the kings of the earth to to throw off God's control and and all of that. But you're right. I mean, it may not be the prettiest land from man's standards, but it is holy. There's a reason they call it the holy land. Like God told Moses, take off your shoes for the ground whereon thou standest is holy ground. And there's something about it. it you know, uh, when, when people walk on, on the land over there for the first time, they just, they just have this sense that this is something special to Almighty God, and and it's definitely uh, going to remain so until the end of the age when this old earth is destroyed and God recreates the new heavens and the new Jerusalem. I mean, that's what people forget. the The eternal dwelling place of believers isn't heaven. We we use heaven as sort of a metonym for the final dwelling place, but it's the new heavens and the new earth, and that new earth involves a new Jerusalem. That right there should tell you that Jerusalem is central. Uh, to God's plan, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and when you think of it, so when we think of what's going on in Israel right now, uh, Satan's lost. He he knows he's judged. However, he's so full of himself, so full of pride. He's the greatest narcissist that's ever existed in the entire universe. <laughs> so even though the Bible's very clear he's going to lose, uh, just as he assumed he might be able to defeat Jesus when he came the first time, He's still trying to defeat him the second time. I, I would imagine in Satan's mind, JB, at the Last Supper, Judas leaves, he betrays Jesus, and, and Satan's probably thinking, I got him. Yeah, I've got him. I've got him on the cross. He's dead. Well, guess what? Three days later, Satan realized, <laughs> I got a problem. He yeah. rose from the dead. In the same sense, Satan thinks there's only two options Satan has to win, uh, to not be cast into the lake of fire to eliminate all the Jews, because the Bible's very clear, Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah 33, Ezekiel 36, 37, um, Jesus' own words, Matthew chapter 23, uh, Acts chapter 1, as he went up, he's coming back. Verse after verse in the Bible, Jesus is coming back to the Jews in Jerusalem. 
So Satan knows he has to eliminate all the Jews. And if he can, he can prove God a liar. Mm -hmm. And Jesus can't return because he won't have Jerusalem uh, to return to and the Jews won't be there. So that's part of it. So his attempt is going to be to usurp the authority of Jesus and rule and reign in a temple in Jerusalem. That's what's going on as we see it being played out in the big scene. But he uses wicked men to do it um, wherever they are in the world. And, you know, you talk about them all the time. There's an awful lot of wicked men. I had someone ask me, JB, that we probably talked about this before. It's kind of hilarious. The person said, I wish uh, it was online, right? The comments that come in. I wish George Soros and Klaus Schwab would just die. They're old. And then everything would be good with the new young people. <laughs> I said, are you crazy for every one George Soros? There's probably a million young people out there that are every bit as bad, just waiting to jump into the game. Yep. It's just, it's just nuts. No so, doubt. Yeah. You'd all know Harari among, among others, but uh, yeah, I mean, Satan must've shrieked in horror on that uh, Sunday morning when that stone was rolled away, but he thought he was one, he was going to win. But the worst kind of deception is self-deception and Satan truly believes he's going to win. You know, it's kind of like I felt uh, Sunday watching the, the Cowboys game, you know, they, they marched all the way down 27 <laughs> seconds left in the game. First down They're on the six yard line. They got 27 seconds and four plays to get a touchdown to win the game. And of course they found a way to lose like they seem to always uh, do, but uh, Satan uh, he's, he's self-deceived and uh, he's not going to go down easy. True evil never waves the white flag of surrender. It's got to be defeated. And that's, what's going to happen with Satan. You know, JB listening to your introduction, you mentioned you're going to have a, a um, oh, I can't even remember it. Tomorrow, Lamb and Lion. Um, and Nathan Jones, yeah. Uh -huh. Nathan Jones yeah. came on the program. Thank you. And he's written a great book on the minor prophets, and it triggered my mind how, how relevant it is today. In Micah chapter 2, uh, this is what the Bible says. What sorrow awaits you who lie awake at night, thinking up evil plans, you rise at dawn and hurry to carry them out simply because you have the power to do so. When you want a piece of land, you find a way to seize it. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. You cheat a man of his prosperity, stealing his family's inheritance. I found that it's like, this is what the, this is the way I picture the world, the the Klaus Schwab's, Yuval Harari's, the Bill Gates. Oh, I mean, look at Bill Gates and his land grabs. I mean, you oh, look at this yeah. stuff. And you read Micah chapter 2, everybody read it. Micah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. They lie awake at night thinking, how can I seize their land? How can I take all their stuff? It's, it's what's his name who said, by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. Because it says here, it's in their power to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we I love reminding Satan uh, what a great big loser uh, he is. And my wife hates it when I do that because we we understand the significance of the spiritual battle. Listen, we've lived it. We've been in ministry 35 years. As you well know, ministry is not for the faint of heart. And we've experienced some pretty horrific attacks and, and so forth, like, you know, like a lot of people have. And so I don't certainly want to taunt Satan, uh, but I know that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Amen. And I just, I, it brings me encouragement to quote the scriptures and remind listeners and people that Satan's a great big loser. He's a, he's already lost and he's going to lose this battle. Now he's not going to go down without a fight. And, uh, but we, we need to remember to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher 
of our faith. So, uh, but let's talk right. about, uh, you mentioned Klaus Schwab and Agenda 2030 and the World Economic Forum. I, I, I talk a lot about these extensively in my, my three book uh, series there, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2, and Spirit of the False Prophet. Um, they definitely have a timetable. Uh, and it's helpful to know the enemy's timetable. It doesn't mean it's going to happen because God's the ultimate control in control of the timetable. But uh, they really do want to usher in a complete control grid by 2030. And I know uh, you get into that in marking the masses, uh, but how do you see the stage being set for that, essentially, what Revelation 13 calls the mark of the beast? Well, this takes me back to a question you asked me like a little while ago. I never answered. Uh, <laughs> is the bigger picture? What do you see in the bigger picture? I, I personally believe. Listen, Israel's a big deal. Jerusalem is God's timepiece, no doubt about it. But it's a distraction to all these other things that are taking place behind the scenes. Um, it was uh, James Madison who said, "What 150 years ago? 175 years ago?" He said crisis is the rally cry of the tyrant so the, all this stuff is going on in jerusalem moving the ships over uh, it's all over the news prophecy circles are talking about it but everything is moving forward behind the scenes at incredibly fast speed it was just about a week and a half ago jd that tedros what's his name i can't even pronounce his last name the head of the world health organization mm -hmm. urged the nations get this to quickly ratify the WHO amendments to the pandemic accords and the international health regulations. Uh, if the nations ratify these, uh, as many people believe, you've talked about it, I've talked about it, you've had Leo Holman on your program, uh, many experts say the nations will lose their sovereignty during a declared emergency and the WHO will control the health care of everyone on earth uh, and uh we know how that's going to go. Who will be authorized to decide what a pandemic is, when it begins, when it ends, penalize nations they don't obey, uh, and and so forth. Now, let's quickly ratify it. When we start thinking of that, let's quickly ratify this. We've been talking about this. You know, they talk about what's coming. We have the COP meeting coming up. Uh, what King George is going to speak again. What a, what a quinky dink, right? <laughs> we have him coming. We have these other meetings coming. We have the one that's coming again in May. I think it's World Health Organization again that's coming in May. Listen, they're going to get the, these things done. It's it's like Satan is is the the master magician. Look over here while I'm stirring the pot, and don't look here at everything else that I am doing behind the scenes. And all of these things are going on. So, so in the book, I dealt with. The, the things that nobody really pays attention to. So I, I'd have a few chapters on technology, but technology is moving so fast, I realized that I wanted to deal with other things that nobody talks about. And the fact of how we have been totally set up, um, what the vaccines actually did, they set a precedent, uh, COVID set a precedent to remove the First Amendment. People say, well, the First Amendment wasn't removed. Well, guess what? How many churches willingly shut down? No longer about free speech. You start looking at what was actually accomplished without even having a law in place, and people complied in so many different things. People's hearts and minds have been prepared for everything. The culture of wokeness has prepared people 
uh, beyond what we can believe, gaslighting somebody, uh, understanding what that is, driving them crazy. Um, you know, we've seen these things just happen over and over again. Uh, as, um, what's her name? Kamala Harris. Is that the name of the supposed VP of the United States? Yeah. The other day, I see her on Twitter, JB, and she says, the President of the United States and I and his administration, whatever it is, have uh, determined that we need to um, create a, some kind of group to oversee the problems with Islamophobia in our country. I'm thinking Islamophobia, there really is no such thing as Islam. It's a, it's a name. Who's yeah. going to go out and, and protest against Muslims? They'll die if they do it. So yeah. they don't do that kind of stuff. So that yeah. is gaslighting, taking something that you know is a lie when there's anti-Semitism that's growing all over the world at an incredible rate. And they come out and say, we've got to, We've got to stand up against Islamophobia. Having a grown man swim in the teenage girl swimming competition. This is gaslighting, something that everybody knows is a lie, yet you present it anyways. And what it does, it, 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 it will drive the people crazy. Yeah. And it's intentional. These things are totally intentional. Yeah. E evil men and imposters will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Deception is getting at an all-time worst you know, uh, high but you you talked about some of the meetings that are uh, that are upcoming one of them uh that i don't think you mentioned but of course every spring they have or every winter they have the world Su government summit and in 2024 it's held uh, february 12th through the 14th it's always held in dubai but guess what the theme of this coming world government summit uh is quote, shaping future governments. So it is their big picture to kind of bring everybody to force fit them into the mold of this one world system. And, uh, you know, you talked about Rahm Emanuel, that, that quote that frequently tyrants have, have said, never let a good crisis go to waste. It actually goes back to Machiavelli in the Middle Ages. He's the one that first uh, coined it. But uh, they, they, they will find a pretext. Aesop said the tyrant will always find a pretext for his uh, tyranny. Uh, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis or Thomas Paine said the greatest tyrannies are always perpetrated in the name of the noblest causes. And C.S. Lewis Put it this way, he said, of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. And, and that's what they did as a dry run with the medical tyranny of the uh, the, the pandemic. Uh, but I think they are kind of loading up, getting ready for whatever comes next. There's going to be some unfreezing event, Tom, that I think will make the pandemic uh, pale by comparison, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, I think what happened with the pandemic it, and the vaccine, it was uh, more, the, the purpose was obviously not for our protection. Everybody knows that. But it was to really find out where the problems are. How do we bring about a global government? Let's, let's flesh them out. Let's see who the resistors are. Let's see how many people are going to go along with it. They already know the stats throughout human history. Humans have always pretty much been the same. So they knew they're going to get a certain percentage of people that will, I think it's 30% of the people will just do whatever they're told. So you get, you got that. Okay. What's going to happen. America's going to be a little bit different than other countries that are already, that are, have already got an oppressive government. Um, but they've been able to work out. Okay. We don't have laws on the books. What can we do? 
Hence, you enter in the World Health Organization that now has the, the authority as the United States. I mean, when you start looking at things, you, you go back to the uh, Trans-Pacific uh, Trade Partnership, right? Uh, the TPP. Um, that's what that was really all about. It was about ceding the authority of the United States to a, to a, to a, a global entity. But the, Trump came in and kind of made a mess of that. Uh, but there's but these things are still moving forward, maybe even under different names. But that's what they're doing. So they're doing exactly what you said with this group, the meeting coming up in Dubai in, in February. It is how do we get the governments to go along? So the plans are already out there. They already know the framework. I saw a video the other day. It was with this uh, one lady, part of the elite group. She said, well, we have the results in. The good news is that all of the elites think that um, uh, that we're doing wonderful. The bad news is there's a whole lot of people that don't like us at all. And that is the bad that is bad news for them is the resistance. And they know they have a resistance problem. That they have a problem with the Second Amendment in America. And I don't think many people are talking about this problem in, in America. There's going to be a major ammunition problem that is coming rapidly to the pe to people, the citizens of America. They're not going to be able to get ammo. It's already started. And so it's going to be at the place, I believe, in the very near future, in 2024, where you can have all the guns you want, but you aren't going to have the ammo to use them. Yeah, now, Some I mean, people do, but that's yeah, coming. As I quote in the book, uh, you know, Hitler said, uh, "Every and, and speaking of tyranny, every tyrant has to disarm the citizenry. You go to some of the fact-checking sites like Snopes and stuff, they say, oh, he never said that. I proved ah. what he did in my book. I've got yeah. the exact quote. That's a paraphrase that disarmed the citizenry and so forth, but it's essentially – what he said, uh, you know, in 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 writing when they took all of his recordings and put them into uh, uh to those uh, those books. So yeah, I mean that's what they've got to do. So that's a that's a long game for them. So obviously America is standing in the way of the one world tyranny, and they've got to destroy America. Uh, we are well armed, so they're trying to, from their perspective, kind of. Uh, stop the bleeding in the sense of, okay, you can't get any more ammunition. Well, so then they think, well, now what do we do about all the people that have stockpiled stuff? Well, they're going to start, you know, coming up with a pretext to take that. And I've, I've been reporting on this for years. My first book on this subject was back in 2012, uh, The Great Last Day's Deception. And I talked about the, the famous gab and grab uh, techniques of the FBI and local sheriffs and local jurisdictions where, you know, a <clears throat> A known sportsman or hunter would pass away, and the, so they would send out a couple of uniformed police officers to the widow's house, and they'd knock on the door, and they'd say, hey, we're just here to tell you we're so sorry. We know you lost your husband. We heard he was such a great sportsman, and, and he had you know this gun or this shotgun or whatever, and man, we just, we love guns. We'd love to see you. Mind if we come in and just have a cup of coffee and look at it? And of course, the widow is completely oblivious. oblivious. She goes, yeah, no problem. Come right on in. I, I, let me show you. I don't even know what I'm going to do with these guns now. And so they sit around the table that she brings out his guns. They go, man, our buddies back at the station would love to see these. They, they're really into guns. You mind if we take them back there to show them? And she goes, sure, go ahead. Never sees them again. It's called gab and grab. It's a very well thought through technique. They've used it all across the country. So they have been doing this for a long time, Tom. They they have to find a way. They can't just outlaw it because, uh, you know, illegal laws people aren't going to abide by. And, and by the way, the Second Amendment, I always like to point this out, it doesn't give Americans the right to own guns. 
God gives Americans the right to own guns. The Second Amendment and the entire Bill of Rights, all it does is forbid the government from taking away rights that are inalienable, that are already ours. So we had the right to bear arms before the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment just says the government can't take it away. Subtle distinction, I know, but it's important. That's a big deal. To remember one, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're right. It's 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 a big picture. It's heading that way. They are tracking and hacking us. I get into more the hacking tracking side of it in my book, uh, Spirit of the False Prophet. But I really encourage folks to read, you know, you, you do such a great job of just kind of distilling it down and walking us uh, through from a biblical perspective, who is the beast, who is the dragon, who is the second beast? That's the subject of my latest book, The False Prophet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how rapidly things are, uh, you know, falling into place. Now, at the same time, we we certainly understand there's some pretty serious things happening over there in Israel. We don't want to lose sight of that. We want to continue to pray for them. We we hope that things don't get worse. We hope the hostages are uh, released. We hope that innocent civilians uh, don't die, that casualties are kept to a minimum. But we do want Israel's enemies to be uh, obliterated. And uh, to the extent that that's part of what's happening now, we want to, we want to come down on the right side of that. But let's not be distracted and forget there's a spiritual battle raging, and this is just the latest uh, development in it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier, it's not all wars with Israel have to necessarily be in the Bible, which is so true, right? I mean, <laughs> there's the 2006 Lebanon war wasn't in the Bible, all the intifadas and all these other things that have gone on for a long time. But each one of these is another building block that is leading to that covenant that will, will be confirmed. It will yeah. happen. So we can see it. But with this one, it's, we look at this, we look at everything else that's going on behind the scenes. We know the technology is available and and it's ready. Are the people ready to be have an ID on them yet in order to buy or sell? Well, you create enough crisis, you have enough problems, you will move enough of the people along and they do not need 100% compliance. No. Hitler only had something like 10% when he began. And out of that 10%, he was able to build from there. In fact, when it's, uh, I think the numbers are, Brandon does a great job on this. I think the numbers are 30% of the people just go along with everything. 65% of the people go along with it, even if they know it's wrong. Yeah. And only 5% will actually push back. And it's the need to recognize these things are happening. The technology is here for a digital ID. Uh, we know that we, everybody knows digital currency is coming. I mean, it's uh, we we can tell the economy personally, JB. I believe there's an intention to collapse the economy. Oh no, um, yeah. And it and it is to bring about this new system, and this new system is going to be global. It's it's one of those things that you really can't make up. The Bible told us all of these things, and when you when you look at the Bible, you've been talking about it for years. I've been talking about it for years. Our other colleagues have. We see it all coming about. And you have to be in some form of denial. Second uh, Peter chapter three, when the scoffers come in the last day, say, where's the promise of his coming? For this, they are willfully ignorant. It's a willful ignorance regarding the events of the last days. Uh, they choose they choose to be ignoramuses about yeah. it, I guess. It's <laughs> like they, they uh, Paul even says, regarding Israel and the Gentile, he says, don't be ignorant of this mystery. 
Paul also writes about uh, not being ignorant of the rapture. You start looking at things and you, you put together all the different events that happen to be happening at the same time. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we come out on the other side of Israel, we're going to find out World Health Org Organization got their way. Um, Klaus Schwab got his way. Bill Gates and Yuval Noah Harari got their way. Silicon Valley got their way. And guess what? And a whole bunch of people are going to go, finally, we have peace and safety. Yeah, that's your you just couldn't have telegraphed it, uh, you know, or predicted it any any better. You know, talking about the digital currency and 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 the collapse of the economy, it was Pippa Malmgren at the World uh -huh. Government Summit that we just talked about two years ago in Dubai that very plainly said this is exactly what's coming. We're we're gonna change the entire economic system. And a lot of people don't know this quote, but I I've I've got this in my uh, book from uh, Klaus Schwab's 2022 book, The Great Narrative. Most people know about his book, The Great Reset, but last year he wrote uh, his latest book, The Great Narrative, and he asks this question, and, and you know, you can almost picture a, 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 a glint of, of glee in his eye, but he says, quote, could cryptocurrencies advance environmental objectives and the policies that support them? Could they, cryptocurrencies, be used to accelerate the demise of the U.S. dollar? End quote. So he's telegraphing that they want the U.S. dollar to be, uh, you know, demise that to be destroyed. So absolutely, you know, I, I love going back to what you said about Daniel nine that and emphasizing the determined. You know that the, these days are determined. The first sixty nine weeks of that seventy week prophecy, and a week, of course, in Hebrew is Shabua. It just means a seven year period. So really, the seventy Shabua prophecy in Daniel is a four hundred and ninety year prophecy. And the first four hundred eighty three years that God determined for that prophecy were fulfilled literally in history to the day. So we 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 should count on the fact, I mean, we know God's a covenant-keeping God anyway. He does not lie. His prophecies come true. But in that specific prophecy where he says, you know, 490 years are determined for your people and your holy city, we know that the first 483 years have already been fulfilled exactly as God said they would be. So, of course, the final seven years are going to be fulfilled uh, exactly as God says they would. Uh, so it's, it's just... Uh, it's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it? Uh, it? It is very exciting. It's amazing. You know, Daniel wanted to understand the meaning of many of the visions he had. And the angel, you get to chapter 12, said, not for you to know, it's for those who are living in that time. And mm -hmm. then the angel tells Daniel, during that time, the wicked will see it, but they won't understand, but the wise will understand. The implication is there. Everybody in the world is going to know something's going on, the wicked and the wise. Yeah, and we're in that place. Come on, I mean, how can people not look at the last four years? You know, three years ago we were saying, how can you not see? Everybody you talk to knows something's going on. Uh, so the wicked will—they'll see it. They'll know it's a problem, but they aren't turning to the Lord. But the wise will understand. They're going to turn to the scriptures. They're going to say, "Show me, lead me in that way," and we have the answers. We can tell exactly how this whole thing is going to end. We know which direction it's going to go. And we can also tell we're close, but we live in truly amazing days to watch these things come about. Yeah, and you're right. You know, going back to what you cited there from Brandon uh, Holdhouse, you know, it, it the, the, the Luciferian elite that are trying at the behest of Satan to take over this world, they don't have to get everybody involved. They, they're going to get the low-hanging fruit. 
And then, uh, frankly, if 5% of uh, Americans uh, kind of are hip to their game and they hide out and just, you know, head to the hills and just kind of leave, you know, live off the grid, that's fine. They're not, I don't envision a time when they're going to hunt down and find every single, uh, you know, objector. They're, 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 they're mainly focusing on the main economic centers, the main population centers, the masses, as you say in your in your book. Um, but uh, I don't feel like I'm all that wise. I've never thought of myself as wise or anything, but I just don't see how most people can't see what's coming down the pike. I mean, Proverbs 22.3 says, the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. And if you don't want to be part of that low-hanging fruit, uh, to continue the metaphor, uh, then you better wise up right now, don't you think? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You put God first. If you're willing to, he will show you what's going on. And once it's like once your eyes are open, you can't unsee what these people are doing. It is really remarkable to be living right now. It is. And I'll close with this verse, and then I'll give you the last word. But uh, Paul says in 1 Thess 5, um, brethren, verse four, you are not in darkness so that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. My mentor in my educational uh, career, uh, he was the my advisor in my PhD program 20 years ago, uh, Dr. Mike Stallard. He, he said, and I'll never forget it, he said, the last thing the world needs right now is more sleepy Christians. We need Christians to be awake and see what's coming. Your closing thoughts? Amen. Well, that was pretty well put uh, just right there. But uh, something everybody needs to remember is this. No matter how much we can know in the Bible regarding the second coming of Christ, if we don't know Christ, mm. it's to our judgment. We must know Christ. And Bible prophecy it proves that the Bible is true. We can trust it for his second coming, and we can trust it for his first coming, where Jesus said of himself, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me, and he will forgive anyone who is willing to come to him, but you must come to him. Amen. Yeah, it's not, you know, a forced gift is no gift at all. You've got to receive it. And it's it's come one, come all, whosoever will, let him come drink of the water of life freely. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I hope if you're listening to this program, uh, first of all, if you're a believer, spread this program around. There were some pretty uh, great stuff that Tom talked about here on this program. I feel like this is one of those shows that needs to be spread far and wide. So spread the word. And if you're listening to this program uh, and you don't know the Lord, let me implore you, come to faith in Christ. It means recognizing that you're a sinner who can't save yourself. It means a turning from anything that you thought would save you, your good works, your religion, your baptism, your heritage, uh, uh, whatever you thought is going to commend you before a holy God. You need to turn away from that and come to Christ as the only one who can save you. That's what uh, a faith is all about. So, uh, Tom, thanks again. It's such a privilege to get to talk to you. I feel like we're just kind of sitting down at a coffee table, just having a conversation. Always a pleasure. And I look forward to having you back on again sometime soon. DB, always great being with you. Can't wait till you're back on my program, too. Yeah, it won't be long. Uh, thanks for that as well. So, folks, uh, God bless you. Again, have a great uh, rest of the day. Lots more coming this week on the MBW podcast. Uh, be sure and go to notbyworks.org. You can reach us from there. If we can ever help with anything, don't hesitate to reach out. God bless everyone.